It is Friday, July 29th, 2022. This is another edition of Baseball Today presented to you by Shady Rays. Not only the best looking shades in the entire business, but when you break them or you lose them, they will replace them. That is the irreplaceable Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. We are joined by producer Rob and intern Sam and editor Kevin. Shout out to you as well. Huh? A good Friday to you, sir. How you doing, man? What's up, bro? Who's Kevin? Kevin's the guy that's going to edit the show today. You might want to. Kevin, what's up, man? When that's... we're up there next week. Yeah, make me look good, man. Oh, he always does. You make yourself look good. You Thanks. Do. I had a gr- I had a great oh. morning. Uh, you know what today is? Friday, July 29th. My son's seventh birthday, Teddy. Teddy. Shout out, you stud. Shout out to Teddy. What are we doing? We have a big party this weekend. We got some stuff going on. Um, he's the best, dude. Like he always has a smile on his face. Well mannered, like stud. Yeah. Like I just love, I love every bit of this kid. So I wanted to give him a shout out. We're gonna see a movie tonight. Party this weekend, big time, man. Excellent. You wish Teddy a happy birthday. I love it. You're right. He's always got a smile on his face. Great demeanor. You guys are off to a wonderful start. Happy seventh, my man. So what I would not suggest Teddy does is go back and rewatch Forgotten Rotten's dismal performance Mm. in their four ball (laughs) debut. Not only that, this happened during the game. Whoa. Oh, poop with the high stick. You cannot do that. That is a penalty. That's a oh, no, no. He's going to have to visit. Well, the look, Ploof doesn't even know that he's going to the penalty box. You can't do that. No, <laughs> nobody likes that. Now you get to go feel shame for 30 seconds. Grab a seat and think about what you did. I'm surprised it wasn't a five minute major, to be honest with you. I would have thrown him out, but that's me. Unbelievable. Uh, that was a great play, though. Like, in my mind, that was a super athletic play. The ball was – or what was it? The ball, the puck, whatever. was ball. so high, I freaking put my stick up there and knocked it down. But, you know, apparently that's against the rules. Yeah, you can't Doesn't mean it your... wasn't an athletic play. <laughs> the fact that you guys got waxed by a bunch of office nerds, or as uh, Nikki Cass says, office nerds with great cardio. <laughs> that was a great line in there. That was very funny. Um Floorball tournament continues on our warehouse channel next Monday. So make sure you tune in then. Okay. It, it's a little embarrassing for us. There's no doubt about it. Uh, the thing that we realized after game one was that you had to have a little bit of a game plan, you know, and it makes sense in most sports, mm-hmm. you got to have a plan and we just went out there running around and that wasn't really a good one. So um, we're not done. The tournament's no. not over. Forgotten no. Rotten's not going anywhere. No, in fact, it would be a remarkable story if the most athletic team in the tournament got their shit together just in time for a deep playoff run. Like that. You'll have to tune in and see. But you all have tuned in here to baseball today because we talk baseball. We discussed this a little bit on the periphery, but John Heyman is reporting that the Angels are now willing to listen to a deal for Shohei Otani, and the deal likely starts with some team's top four prospects. If you're a contender, do you do it? Depending on who you are, yes. I mean, this is crazy, Chris. Having Juan Soto and Shohei Otani available at the same time. These are guys we're comparing to Babe Ruth and Ted Williams. <laughs> and they're available right now for your team to go get. And I think these big market teams, 
if you want to be a big market team and you got all this cash coming in from TV deals and all the local revenue that you, you do around your stadium, because we know that's part of your baseball revenue, go get one of these guys for the playoff run. And any team can use them. I mean, you put Juan Soto uh, into your lineup. You got a 400 OVP guy coming in and crushing balls, driving in runs, getting on base, all that stuff. Shohei's going to do it for you on both sides of the ball. I mean, I just, I think a lot of these GMs, they're thinking about what can we do to get these guys now and then sign them long-term. That's how I'm thinking about it. I think the Yankees got to be in on both these guys. I think the Dodgers got to be in on both these guys. The Padres, you know, Preller is going to be, you know, putting together. I read an article that's pretty funny. It said four top prospects and a couple orcas from SeaWorld from Preller. Preller. Th- these guys are going to go after him. And like, I don't know if Otani is going to get traded. I think it's really like a short amount of time to put together a package for him. Uh, but it would be crazy if both these guys got done. It'd be like the most historic trade deadline in the history of baseball if Juan Soto and Shohei Otani both got traded. So, to answer your question, if I'm on a contending team, yes, I'm going after one of these guys. No okay, doubt so about it. The baseball fan in me 100% wants to see it happen because I can't watch Shohei Otani pitch another meaningless game against the Texas Rangers like I did last night where it has no effect on the standings whatsoever. I need to see him pitch and hit in games that matter over the last two months of the season. That's me as a selfish baseball fan. If I'm a contending team, Dodgers, Yankees, Cardinals, Blue Jays, uh, teams that feel like they could really, there's a bunch of others out there, right? Say Mariners, say Mariners, just Mariners, Mariners. thank you. Padres, whatever teams that believe that they can win and that he would be the difference maker, not a, but the difference maker. I absolutely do it. I empty the cupboard because I have enough faith in our organization, in our scouting department, in our dra- in our draft and develop crew that we can maybe not replenish it, but maybe get 75% of back of what we're dealing. To me, the biggest hurdle are the Angels. The Angels not letting a generational talent go, letting the only talent we've ever seen like this in this game. Don't give me the Babe Ruth stuff. I've already made my point here. I'm not saying, oh, Babe Ruth didn't exist and it didn't happen. It didn't happen in an ultra-competitive time where players could change teams like this and are playing against people that aren't their color. Okay. I mean, let's be I honest. Like, yeah. I say that all the time. People get mad at me, but okay. Well, don't get mad. I'm with you, bro. Are, I'm with you, bro. Yeah, those are the facts. So this is not a generational talent. This is a shooting star. So do the Angels want to be known as the team that got rid of the shooting star. I think it would be most beneficial for their franchise. That's me. Maybe that's a little bit of the baseball fan talking. That's a whole different scenario. If I'm the angels, of course, I don't try to get rid of Shohei Otani, but the contending teams got to go after this guy. And yeah, we talked about it you know, yesterday, two days ago. We talked baseball every freaking day, uh, but the G- angels GM Perry, he's got a tough decision here. I mean, he's, he's come in to a franchise that has Mike Trout and Shohei Otani and basically has done nothing with those two guys. They've taken a major step backward. Forget about doing nothing. Fired your manager and then go on a, you know, a run like they went on the wrong way. I mean, it's just he's had a tough time, and then you add on to this. I mean, th- you're forever scorned in Anaheim, I believe, if you trade Shohei Otani after going through what the Angels have been through in the last, what, six Seven years. I think the discussion you have to have with Artie Moreno is this. You sit down and you say, listen, 
it's going to suck. The PR backlash is going to be enormous. We have to be together on this. We have to be together. He's, tr- he's, he's fired if he trades Otani. There's no but way Moreno can keep him. But that's the, that's the thing is that he has to go into Artie Moreno's office and say, will this cost me my job? Because I honestly believe this is best for the franchise. Look at what I think we can do. And now, then, whether or not Artie Moreno yeah. lives up to his word by saying, I'm not going to fire you, and then goes back and fires <laughs> it, people change their minds, particularly rich people, change their minds all the time. That's what I'm saying. He could say this. Yeah, we're good. We're in lockstep. Go ahead and trade Otani. Then he sees the fallout from it. And then he's like, Perry, uh, actually, you gone. All right. Before we move on from this topic, what percent chance do you give it that Shohei Otani's on a new team by Tuesday's oh. deadline? It seems like the information changes every day. I- I'd give it less than a 50% chance. Oh, I'd give it way less than 50. Yeah. I- I I'm, say- going- I'm going 30% chance just because hmm. – because teams are going to be aggressive. If, if a Shohei is actually available, teams will be very aggressive to go out and get him. Now, again, we just talked about all the reasons the Angels shouldn't do it and why Perry shouldn't do it. So he has to think about that. But if you say this guy's available and give teams just a little bit of a chance, like they're going to come after him and maybe he gets blown away by a package. That's why I'm giving it that big of a chance. But I, I don't think it happens. It's too quick, dude. Yeah, I, I don't think... I would even give it less than a 20% chance of okay. happening. And Soto? I, I think that's better than 50-50. Me too. I think it's actually significantly. I, I would put it like 65-35. Think about that, dude. There's Has there ever, ever, ever been a trade deadline with two stars like this? Not not at these ages. No, no I way. know what I'm saying. I mean, there's sometimes where you'll And with years stars, of control. Right. Like, yeah, you, you know, we can trade a 36-year-old Max Scherzer who's in the last year of his deal, and we'll tack in Trey Turner, who's a year and a half from being a free agent. But, man, nothing like this. Aren't you pissed if your team is just on the outside looking in on these guys? Like we just mentioned, I don't know, there's probably like six or seven teams realistically these guys could go to. The rest of the teams are just looking like, why aren't we involved in talks to get two of the best baseball players in the but, game and maybe all time? Okay, but that – that's on them. Like you could take my team, right? The Cleveland guardians who are still very much in a playoff chase. They had been mentioned as Juan Soto suitors because of the depth of their farm system. Mm-hmm. And the same thing could obviously be said for Shohei Otani. Does he turn a team like a Cleveland into a contender? Either of those guys. Much more than they are now. I mean, depending on what they have to give up because better. If you're, if yes. You're, I'm talking about a contender, true contender. If you're the Guardians and you go after Otani, okay, they're saying the Angels are looking for your top four prospects, probably some major league talent too. Are you going to have to deal from your rotation to get Otani? Probably. Yep. Um, I don't know if it makes the, the Guardians like – I mean, yeah, it does. It does. It does. It does. doesn't put them in the same breath as the Yankees and Astros. And isn't that the question you have to ultimately ask yourself? I guess, I mean, it puts them in that next tier for sure. It doesn't keep them stagnant. You know, it doesn't just make them a little bit better. It makes them a lot better. And then you get in the playoffs, anything can happen. You have a guy like Shohei, you know, like, and you pair him and you can have your top three guys going. And you can dream upon that. I don't think it puts them in the Astros and and uh, Yankees and Dodgers tier just because of the depth that the, these these uh, teams have on the rosters. Um, but it definitely makes them a lot better and they're, World Series chances goes up a lot. 
Yeah. I mean, I actually think the number of teams that could be in on Otani and Soho is maybe more than reported. I know that there's, you know, Bob Nightingale said, here's your final four. I don't know. I mean, a team like Milwaukee could just, and I don't think they have the organizational uh, farm system depth to get Mm -hmm. either one of those guys, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't know. It, if you if you look back at the you know the last ten big blockbuster trades, it's it's teams that are like big market teams, yeah. really in contention that really want to win the World Series like this year, and then Steve Cohen with Javi Baez last year. It's gonna be fun. All right, we're Steve gonna Cohen a- has he's gonna play a part in this. You know he is. Oh, he will dude. somehow. They made a minor trade yesterday that that should help them out of the bullpen and with a left-handed stick in Naquin. We'll talk about that live on the amp part of the show. Uh, we're going to get through a few of these a little quicker now. Uh, amazing possible end to the home Baltimore career of one Trey Mancini and inside the Parker that hit off of Josh Lowe's face. That was a tough one to watch for him. Uh, the O's, as they stand, coming into Friday's action, are only three out of the wild card chase. In your opinion, is it a huge mistake to deal Mancini before Tuesday's deadline. I think it is. And I'm going to go back to our girl Brit's article in the athletic shout out Brit. She's about to have her baby like any yes. second now. Yeah, let's go. Um, Brit. She's still deadlifting, whatever. I love her. Um, <laughs> but she makes the point that I think stands. Okay. Trey Mancini is a pure rental. What are you going to get back for him? Is it, is it going, is it going to change your organization? 99% chance? No. So you have a guy here that's been around, you know, um, uh, with this team through some really, really bad years. He's been with that fan base. He's very much loved by the fan base. I just don't think it's worth it to take that guy out of the clubhouse right now, especially, you know, they've made a run here. You know, they've, they got over the Red Sox and got over 500. Like you don't want to just take that away from your city in the first good baseball you've played in years. And you just go trade guys off. I just don't think it's worth it. Uh, The return isn't worth giving him up, you know, as a leader in the clubhouse, as a, a guy that the fans come out and see, it's just, to me, it's not worth it to do it. So truth be told, right before I did this show, I did a Rose rotation with Adley Rutschman. Dang. Yeah, that'll be coming out on Monday. It's big time. Beside the fact that he is an A++ on every aspect of this world, uh, we talked about Trey Mancini and what he brings to the organization. And if it would be a mistake, He's like, listen, all I can tell you is I don't want to give away too much, but I'll give you this. He said his consistency is beyond belief in a sport where you are extremely inconsistent. The fact that he is the same guy every day and you will hear that it sounds cliche, but you live this. The number of guys who are like this in a clubhouse and it grinds on you. Yes. The guys who are like this. There's no statistical category for that when you're paying a guy you are paying a guy sometimes to be this in the clubhouse particularly with a franchise that is this young that wants to turn the corner if they stay in this thing until september 15th i don't know if they will or won't you need a guy like that to help them get through this 
I just think leading by example is so important. And if I was running an organization, I'd make sure I had a guy like a Trey Mancini, you know, a veteran dude doesn't have to give me everything, all the numbers on the field. I want him to lead by example. I want him to show my young franchise how to prepare for a major league baseball season. And that's, you just can't teach that. You have to have guys in the thick of it with you to learn. Like, I didn't learn because someone told me something. I learned how to be a professional, how to go about my business by watching Joe Maurer and Justin Morneau prepare, Josh Willingham prepare. You watch these guys, you're like, oh shit, like they're so good and so successful, but they keep working every day. And it just, it makes you want to work. You, you, you look in the mirror and you're like, I have to work way harder than these dudes. They're way more talented than me. It just, that sets the tone for your clubhouse and your organization. Trey's one of those guys, man. I think it'd be a big mistake to give him up for what, like a, a reliever or an A-ball pitcher. I, it just it right. doesn't make sense for me. For a maybe. For a maybe. Exactly. Doesn't make sense. Uh, staying in the American League East, Aaron Judge hit his third walk-off homer of the season, a one nothing win over the Kansas City Royals in Andrew Benintendi's debut in pinstripes. In the process, Judge ties Mickey Mantle's club record with those three walk-off homers in a single season. It happened in 1959. What is that coolness factor on a scale of 1 to 10? It's high up there for me. I don't like to give numbers, bro. I'm going to give a 9.9. Well, there's a number. It's a pretty good one. Aaron Judge's number, just so you know. I did that. That's a pun. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. The the way I keep looking at Judge now is – you know, at first I was like, man, this guy's a pretty good baseball player. This guy can hit. Oh, he could play his good defense too. Oh, he's great in the clubhouse. It's like before our eyes, like this guy's turned into a Yankee great. Now, is he going to play long enough in pinstripes to be like an all-time Yankee great? I sure hope so. I love seeing him there. I think he is the perfect person mm-hmm. for the Yankees organization. So when I start, when you start putting him, you know, he's, he has, you can compare to Mickey Mantle, like, that's where he belongs. Like he really belongs among the Yankee greats. I just hope he plays long enough, stays there to be considered that. I want to see that dude have a monument out there. Like this guy that we're watching and Dan work has been on it. He's really turned me on to judge like, cause he gives me all the stats, all the updates. He's all the things I just said, an excellent player, a model for your franchise. He is everything to the Yankees. Um, so it's really cool to see him getting mentioned with all these guys because he is one of them. He has now hit 39 homers on the season. It's insane. Equaling last season's total. And it's not like he missed a ton of time. He only missed 14 games last year. So in 51 fewer games, he has now equaled his home run total from last year. And then when you get mentioned in the same breath as a Mickey Mantle, you have to stop and take notice. And that's why... I love your 9.9. That's cute. I wish he would walk out today with a with a little decimal point <laughs> in between the two nines in honor of that. Um, the coolness factor is is close to a 10 for me as well. I just, I love it. To me, when I first heard about uh, Juan Soto possibly going to the Yankees, and I know that Yankee Twitter does not speak for everybody, but the number of people who were like, oh, Juan Soto, then we're moving off of Aaron Judge. Be careful what you wish for. Yeah, there are not. We have how many players have we seen end up in New York and they cannot handle it? They can't handle the pressure of playing up there. They put their foot in their mouths. They end up being a bad teammate. Aaron Judge is an A plus across the board in so many categories. So many categories. God, I love it, dude. Yeah, he's a 
He's perfect for that organization. Unbelievable. I think great. everyone sees that. And like you talk about, you know, the pinstripes being heavy and, and who can perform there. This guy, like his rookie year, they they changed the right field seating section and put the judges' chambers there. And like <laughs> how much pressure is that to put on a young guy? And he's lived up to it, dude, yep. and surpassed it. I don't he know. He is the Yankees, dude. He is. Yep, he is. He's it's a beautiful thing. All right. A uh, couple of great pitchers taking the mound tonight. Sandy Alcantara against the Mets, Justin Verlander against the Mariners. You can only watch one of those two games. So your remote does not work for the other one. Which one are you watching? I'm watching the Verlander Mariner game because this is like, I think like the sixth time or seventh time he's faced them this year. And I'm curious, he's had one bad start against him in May. He gave up six runs, like four homers. They just kind of jumped him in that game. Mm -hmm. He's been really good other than that against them. But how many times I'm trying to think back, like you face a guy so many times, like the hitter eventually starts to see the ball a little bit better. And like you, you start to like understand his sequencing and like where the tunnel is and like where you have to, you know, what your approach needs to be against them. Now Verlander can make adjustments. I understand that, but he's kind of one of the guys that just pitches to his strengths because they're really fucking good. But if Seattle wants to make like go far in the playoffs, they know it goes through Houston and this is their ace. So the more eyes they get on Verlander, the better their chances are in the postseason. I'm curious to see. If JV does switch some things up this time, if like later in the season, he starts to make adjustments to make them think a little bit about it, because like I said, they're going to, they're, they're most likely going to have to see this guy in the playoffs. And if you've seen him seven, eight times during the regular season, you got to think the hitters start to get a little something on him. At least I hope so for Seattle's sake. Uh, with Verlander. So his last start was against Seattle and you are exactly yep. going to be, this is going to be his sixth start against them this year. He had the one game where he gave up four homers. In the yep. other four games combined, he's only given up two against them. And in his last start, I don't know if you read this stat, he hit 99 four yep. times. And a lot of them were late in the game. He hadn't done that in a single game, I think, in eight or nine years. That's, that's, the, that's the Verlander I know. Starts out throwing 94, then ends up in the eighth inning throwing 100. Like, this is what he does. I had... This has been shocking to me. Not that he's been good. He's been elite. Like he, I think he's probably the front runner, isn't he, for the Cy Young? Dude, I, in like 2015 or something, I got to go back and look at this year. I thought Justin Verlander was like on the way down. Absolutely. It was 2000 and yeah, 14. He had a 4-5 ERA. You're like, all right, this dude, he's 31 now. Like, a lot of innings on that arm. He throws the shit out of the ball. Like something's going to happen. No, dude, we're fucking eight years removed from that. And this guy is still, you're talking about, he's a Cy Young favorite. You got to yeah. love watching guys like JV go to work, man. Yeah. And, and people will say, well, his strikeout numbers don't compare. And that's, that's fine. It's true. I mean, compared to what just Justin Verlander used to be, but he's still striking out a batter per inning. Yep. It's not like it's well, terrible. Walks you know. her down like the guys, the guys, he's a student of the game, too. And we talk about tech all the time with with pitchers and not that he needs a lot of help. But, you know, for him to flourish at 39 years old, like obviously he understands, you know, how to get better at this age. And that's that's scary, man. Like, I, like there's no signs of him really slowing down. So, like, he's 39 now. He could pitch. What do you think? 
three more years? I mean, he could. I, th- I think it all depends what he wants to do. I think he has got um, his eyes on something. He wants to be a broadcaster? Yes. But why? You're still this good, dude. Run, just run it. It's so oh, yeah, baseball. That- Chris, baseball is so much fun when you're good. I didn't get to experience it a lot. I always said that to guys. I'm like, dude, I'll go to Mauer. I'm like, how fun is this game for you? You just wake up. You're going to hit 300, bro. Like, you can do everything on the baseball field. Like, that must be so fun. Miguel Cabrera coming to the park, just knowing you're going to be a fucking stud. Like, how fun is baseball when you're that good? I don't really know, but JV knows. I don't think he's going to give that up, dude. And and what did Mauer say? Oh, well, you know, Trev. <laughs> Oh, poofy. Oh, yeah. I, he, he seems to always seem like one of the nicest people ever whenever I talk to him. He is. But then what he would do is he would say that, like, oh, poofy. Then he would start talking about how the shift has just really hurt him. And ah. there's never been a guy up the box. And that's where I hit the ball. And then Alex Gordon in left field coming in. He just steals all those extra base hits for me. It's so funny, man. Which is By true. the way, for all you young listeners, Joe Maurer was a freaking stud. Not only was he the number one pick in baseball, he was the Gatorade like high school quarterback of the year. He was going to go to Florida State and go play down there. He was Mr. Did, Basketball in Minnesota. Did you ever throw the football with him? Yeah. Yeah. And? Uh, he, you know, when you play catch with a guy that can really like throw a football, you don't want to play catch with them. They throw it too hard. <laughs> it's the bottom line, dude. Where'd Even when we had Danucci in um, – Yes. With the floor ball tournament, he uh, was whizzing that thing, but it was it was like a deflated ball, so it like helped a lot. If you get like a real NFL ball and you're playing catch with a quarterback, look out. You're going to break a finger, dude. Yeah, those These guys things are hard. Hum. Those yeah. things are hard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the meme on, uh, on Twitter last night of David Ross doing the double bird out in San Francisco, did it make you laugh or were you like, really? That's what we're doing, you 40-some-year-old man? I'm kind of a big fan of the double birds. I think it went out of fashion for a while. Like people are like they were they got over it, but now like it's like the single bird, not so much. The double bird really does something for me. We've seen it like quite a bit lately. Like Winker, didn't he give the double birds to the Angels yeah. fans? Now uh-huh. we're seeing Ross. He do who was he doing that to? It had to have been an umpire, right? That wasn't like a, a funny, like, you know, like, hey, bro. The look on that his was face. like a mean one because because if it's a mean one, I don't like it. It's more I like when it's just joking around. I don't know. I did not see a comment. Uh, I tried to look for that too. I didn't know who was who was uh, the well, gesture was towards. I was just trying to tell by the look on his face, and there was not a hint. Like if you're doing it kind of in joking, that manner, can't be to the towards the umpire, bro. He would have been tossed right away. Those guys are so sensitive, man. It there is there is obviously a discernible. Di- there, there's a difference between the. Regular bird, the one that like Eli Manning put up on the Manning cast, and then the double bird, right? Double the double birds. bird is hilarious. <laughs> Do you go thumb out or thumb in on your birds? I think thumbs out. Oh, I guess I don't. Let me see. I'm going to do it. Oh, see, I put my thumb out. <laughs> Sound have- off in the comment section if you go thumb out or thumb in. All right, a couple of bird stories for you real quick. Okay. Number one is I was probably 14 or 15, and my mom and I were in a fight. It was like both my parents, my brother, and my brother is four years older than me. And my dad put up the newspaper. People used to read newspapers back in the day. He put the newspaper. He didn't want to hear it. My mom had turned her back, 
and I flipped her off. And my brother goes, oh, that's nice. And my dad puts the newspaper down. He goes, what? Uh, nothing. He goes, what'd you do? <laughs> I might have flipped mom off. That did not end well for Rose. You told him? I, I mean, my dad was a sweetheart of a man, like barely raised his voice. So when he did, I had to come clean. Yeah. And then the other time I got in trouble, <laughs> I was a ball boy for the Browns. I'm a, in between my uh, junior and senior year in high school. And I flipped off one of the other ball boys and the offensive coordinator, Mark Tressman, comes over to me and he goes, you represent an organization. Don't you fucking ever do that again or they will fire you. Wow. I was like, oh, I was terrified. So it's pretty good. It was good. Don't flip. Don't give the bird to your mom. I know. I know. Believe me, I felt terribly about it. I had a great relationship with my mom. Miss her. She's been gone 15 years. I'm trying to think of like a a scenario where like the birds are like, like a mean bird is warranted. I think a lot, it's like in traffic a lot. You you can't say anything. You, well, you don't want to do birds anymore. People are fucking crazy, dude. I still give birds in traffic. I think you give them. Yeah, I think so. Like, I don't remember the last time, but I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, you get birds in traffic, bro. I think it's a bad idea. Okay. These are I'm the not only like birds I want to see. These are the only yeah. birds I want to see, the Baltimore Orioles, right? Here. What about birds on the bat? My Cardinals getting Juan Soto and show. Hey, that's the newest rumor. Yeah. Now, if that one happens, <laughs> I'll do a show shirtless and shave a Cardinals logo oh. in my chest hair. <laughs> that's disgusting all right let's hope that doesn't happen people that chest hair is something else what do you have what do you have coming up on uh john boy media How's that oh you? baby i got uh, the friday recap episode with the boys and talking baseball uh bbd's got the stimulator today so mm. friday episodes get a little nutty um i got the interleague today so i'm talking mets yankees i'm talking tigers padres so a lot of good series man what do you got uh, Lucas Giolito still out on the Chris Rose rotation. Fun, fun episode with him. Good one. Please go check it out. As I mentioned, Adley Rutschman, uh, that'll come out of the oven on Monday. And uh, next week, I don't want to jinx it, but I've got, got a pretty good one, I think. Wow. I, I'm doing it while I'm on the road in Cleveland. I'm hoping it comes to fruition on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, we're supposed to uh, tape with Miggy Rowe, and that would be out Thursday. I'm going to hold the surprise one until the following Monday. It's an it would be a fun one to play 20 questions for. He's a yeah. I was going to say give us a hint or something, bro. Former, former player, player. But not, didn't play all that long ago. And okay, mouthy, mouthy former player. I mean, you talk to one every day, right here. I know, just a mouthy son of a gun. Hey, um. I love that, man. You're doing a great job with the rotation. Is Adley Rutschman hot, like a hot boy? Yeah, I mean, he's got – he's an A-plus in every aspect of human existence. He Why is, are some catchers like that? Dude, we got Buster Posey. We got Maurer. Now we got Rutschman. He said Posey was the guy he got compared to the most. You know his whole story about being a former kicker and tackling Christian McCaffrey and all that sort of stuff. Like He's a big boy. He's got a great kicking story that I don't think has been – out there yet okay very funny very funny but he's excellent he's really just such a he's a nice kid and got a lot going for him so there you go all right uh that'll do it for the youtube slash podcast version of baseball today presented to you by shady rays for our amazing producer the one and only robbie Shiraco, our summer intern sam singer our editor today kevin 
That is Trevor Plouffe. I'm Chris Rose. Have a good, safe baseball weekend. Let's get some trades happening. We'll see you Monday.